Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes 3. RPGs and Baby Makes 3, Reimagined. RPGs and Baby Makes 3, Reimagined. Reimagined. Episode 11 of the Reimagined Variety. And this is a really special, special episode because going to be playing some clips from an interview I did with Gremlin Legions, the creator of a really great RPG called Junior Brave Survival Guide to the Apocalypse based on a series of graphic novels called Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. And there's a lot more to that story, but we'll talk about that, I think. As this... I'm, I'm a little disappointed Why? that you weren't going to say, and it's a very special episode, or what did you say exactly? On a very special episode. On a very episode. special episode of RPGs and Baby Meredith Meredith Baxter Bernie. <laughs> Reimagined. Kathleen Turner is <laughs> a guess. I feel like that's how I sound right now. <laughs> you do sound a little like, <laughs> like an old, like an old smoker. Old smoker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go any further, though, this episode is connected to several other pieces of media, and I am asking you all I now. For a second, you were going to say pieces of meat. This is, <laughs> this, this is like on a kebab. There are multiple pieces of meat, and this is yet but one of those pieces of meat of the kebab that I am creating. <laughs> In all seriousness, I love this game. And oh, I, yeah. I love this game too. Had the opportunity to turn it into a paid gig at the Savannah Morning News, where I write a Sunday column and I have written or am writing, by the time you're hearing this, I have written a column about this game and the graphic novels and the creators of the graphic novels who were very generous with their time. And that being Greg Smith and Michael Tanner, the writers and the illustrator, Zach Lehner, who is a Savannah College of Art and Design graduate, SCAD graduate here in Savannah. So that's how I was able to convince people to let me cover this. So we have this, we have... You just art. sounded like the, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia guy in front of the board, like connecting everything. Just to full circle what you were joking about earlier this morning. Yeah, so Charlie Day standing in front of the board with <laughs> all of the lines, but with pins this is and all, all connected. Over, Do you see it? A beautiful mind kind of situation here. I mean, I am a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but if I could just get out right now all of the things that we have, because it is this episode with this interview, yeah. and then there's a live play. Yeah. Also here on the YouTube channel. And then this article that I've written. I slowly fall into an awful allergy attack. <laughs> <laughs> but a very good live play, I think. And then an article that I've written for the Savannah Morning News, which you can find in the comments here. And if you could please check out all of those things. This is really important to me. I don't, you don't normally say that, but this is something that's really important to me because I love these games. I love this, this, uh, these graphic novels. And I'd really like for these guys to succeed. Um, because I think they're it's cool. So let's roll for initiative, shall we? Yes. 
So. So. We did play Junior Braves Survival Guide to the Apocalypse. Yes. The RPG. You and I had played this before. Yeah, it was great. We played the free RPG version, free RPG day version of it. Loved it. Which I absolutely loved as well. And that was all pre-made, I believe, in a short scenario. Somebody on a Discord named Tamsa wrote it for us. It was pre-gems, right? I don't think so. Did we have the opportunity to choose our characters in a way? I thought so, because I thought so. Because I've never actually seen the... I still have my character sheet somewhere. I actually still have mine somewhere, too. So, um, it's a lovely game. And actually, we talk about... the We go through the character creation process and the live play that we have on the YouTube channel as well. But the character creation process was kind of fun. I actually really enjoyed going through that with you guys. What did you think of the character creation process? As somebody, I mean, because I know you had played it before. Super easy. Super easy. I okay. don't like crunch either. So, you know, I start tuning things out and then start thinking, oh God, why did I join this game? I didn't have that feeling at all. Yeah, and yet I wouldn't call it like super minimalist. No. I mean, there were still six set stats. Each statistic has an associated polyhedral die, D4, 6, 8, 10, 12, and 20. I'm still frustrated you didn't let me have a collapsible shovel in my pocket, though. I mean, it could have been like a garden hoe. Who are you calling hoe? We did work it out, though, nicely that you had a roll of black electrical tape, which really went with your goth character. Yeah, it was like I played the, you know, 14, 15-year-old Gretchen. So this is, but this is what I, I kind of love. So you're playing, okay, so you have this character, you you put out your stat array in the way that you choose. And then you choose a trope, and the tropes are, they're archetypes that you get to play that are taken from the characters from the graphic novels and sort of expanded upon a bit. And for each of those, you get like a special ability that you can kind of enact based on whatever trope you choose. Yeah, I was a rebel and yeah. I got like a plus three to my role when I was trying to convince adults about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you spent a brave token. Yeah, okay, and brave yeah. tokens are this sort of like mechanic, this token, this mechanic that you get, you earn them yourselves and you also have... Uh, a pool and it helps you kind of with your dice rolls and stuff. I actually really love tokens in RPG games I've learned. I loved it in the Supernatural game. That's another similarity this actually has to Cortex because plot points in Supernatural. So you have the that you have the Dude, coins. why didn't we pull out the tokens? We could have just pulled out the tokens. Yeah, it's so much easier for me to keep track of things. Well, maybe we'll play it in real life next time. We can actually maybe potentially play in person because the players that showed up were all locals. Four people canceled day of. Just mentioned that. That's typical. One was work-related. Yeah, you know, I'd they love all to reasons. hang out with everybody there. Yeah. Pete and group. Taffy were our other players. But the point is, is you have this, like, I think... The stats are fairly complicated. I mean, there's six. There are fairly beefy, meaty. Let's get into the meat. They are. You get four. You get six different stats. Yeah, but they're so intuitive. I know, but it's not just like you have like 
brawn, brains. Luck. I don't know. Okay, and that's I, it. I, or... I compare everything to Pathfinder. So, <laughs> well, of course it's not as complicated as Pathfinder. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, it's pretty easy. But then you also have your skills, and which are through merit badges. Yeah, you have these badges, and you you get to start with three merit badges, and. Actually, as you play along through the game, you can earn additional merit badges. And yeah. merit badges give you bonuses to using skills related to those merit badges. And it's kind of cool. Like, you can, if it's obviously relatable, then you get plus three. If you're stretching believability, you only get a <laughs> plus one to your role. I kind of like how that that's funny, but it also encourages the players to be creative yeah. in how they use their abilities. Um, which I think is neat. And then you mentioned the shovel in your pocket, but it's also the equipment thing is sort of interesting. You have your pockets and your pack. And everybody starts with a certain, a few a few items that like every scout would have. Which just goes to show that it's supposed to be a dude's game. Because no women have real pockets. True enough. I was actually thinking about that while we were playing. You definitely couldn't. I almost wished I would have said that. Like, there's no way you're going to fit a shovel in your pocket. Yeah. But the pockets are for small items and the pack is for bigger items. But the thing that's interesting... I can't even fit my phone in my girl pocket. It's ridiculous. <laughs> there's a mechanic built in where if you don't have an, a lot of marked items in your pack, when you need something, you can use... You can do a essentially a skill check, a D10 skill check, to try to find something in your pack that you need and you do a die roll like in the game so i think that that's kind of interesting it leaves this sort of flexibility like you know the kind of idea like a scout always has what he might need he or she might need yeah you know I like so i think it. that's neat i think there's a lot of the mechanical stuff really fits for yeah. me and obviously i know the game really well now because i've like been listening to interviews and live plays and <laughs> reading the books and all of the stuff um, You're super amped right now. I am. I feel it. I well, feel I, I'm excitement. amped because, I, I mean, this you is so have fun. You beyond the exhausted parent plateau, and you were floating away with your enjoyment you and excitement. feel like you're floating? <laughs> <laughs> you guys feel like you're floating? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I love it. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun to run. And, interesting fact, if you're watching the video, Rob turned on his diffuser, and whatever was in that diffuser sent me spiraling into an allergy attack, which yeah. I am still, like, you can, this is why I have Kathleen Turner voice days later. And you can actually witness me breaking down in real time. <laughs> That's so crazy. I don't even know. That's You're just very sensitive. Because then we went to Indian food <laughs> recently. And you're like, even that is irritating me. So yeah, they had becoming... a diffuser there too. So I guess I'm just going to need a bubble. I'm going to be mm -hmm, the boy in the bubble, bubble. mom. Mm -hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal. The boy in the plastic bubble. He was the star of that when he yeah, was a kid. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I don't yeah. have a witty retort there. I mean, you don't really. It's kind of But see, when I think about thing. bubbles now and, like, the bubble ball, all I can see is that video where that person is in a bubble ball and they ram into him with a car and he goes flying into the trees. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But <laughs> let's move on from this. So this is the game we played this week. 
Kathleen Turner needs to rest her voice. We'll, we're going to have one more little segment here at the end. But why don't we play... So I did this interview with Michael White. Um, Mike was really generous with his time. And I was a little bit of a fanboy. And he is... <laughs> he's Gremlin Legions. That's one word. Uh, capital G, capital L. On most social media platforms. And under... That's his... He described it his nom de plume. And uh, he was a very nice guy. And I took some of the interview that we did and kind of made a little mini recording of the best pieces of it, which we're going to play here. And make sure you stay to the end because it is such a lovely story what he tells about what he did with the residuals, the money that he got for making this game. Uh, he didn't exactly go and use it to enrich himself, but instead it enriched his community. So, really cool. Oh, nice. So, anyway, listen to that, and we'll come back after that interview. When did you first get into role-playing? Like, where does that, where is that origin for you? That goes all the way back to maybe, like, late elementary school, early junior high school. I mean, just kind of had friends they were like hey let's play this thing that has knights and dragons and this other thing that has teenage mutant ninja turtles and i was like okay and i just enjoyed storytelling from that and the ability to kind of use my imagination to its fullest and it just kind of went from there there is such a big difference though between you know playing these games and being a game designer and kind of like getting into all of that when did it start to change, though, for you, like, playing these games like D&D and TMNT um, and Other Strangeness? I loved that game as well, actually, when I was a kid. Yeah. What was the thing that made you say, you know what, I kind of want to make, make my own games? I know you've also done a lot of hacks as well. When did yeah. you first start, like, messing around with games? And, like, when did that transition into, you know what, I'm actually going to, like, really put this down and see if other people are interested Excuse me, if other people are interested in this. Actually, not much longer after I started playing. Um, I had a, a friend in junior high school whose name was uh, Ted Ladaris, and he designed, like, whole cloth, his own DuckTales role-playing game. Oh, God, that's awesome. And I was just, like, looking at this going, like, oh, my God, you can just make this yourself? And from then on, I was just bit by the bug. Was, and, like, I mostly just would try to revise things or rewrite things a little bit and then I would expand out a little bit more like at one point I tried to rewrite the entirety of the Rift system <laughs> it could actually uh, use it probably it, 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 could, it could use some heavy revisions but uh, let's just say my, my attempts were not, not as good that's so cool. So, like, what was the first time you remember, like, publishing something maybe that somebody, like, actually paid you for? Uh, <laughs> pretty much it was the Junior Braves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had, uh, I had done some, like, small, like, hand-printed, like, when I, back when I was working at a print shop, I would print my own games, and then I'd take them to the local convention and, you know, sell a few there and earn maybe, like, two or three bucks, five bucks, something uh -huh. like that. But, uh, but the Junior Braves was the first time I actually like earned proper money as such that, such that it is for, uh, my game writing. I mean, it, it helped that, you know, it was essentially, again, you know, a hack of 
an Albi rule system um, and got a lot of support from both you know the original writers of Kids on Bikes and from uh, my old uh, game store boss who was also the go-between with Oni Press and uh, Renee Games. The way Greg tells it, the graphic novel was just coming out and he was at a barbecue at your house. And he says that you were so gracious and sort of announced his game to like everybody. You got everybody's attention and like told everybody, not the game, the, the graphic novel. You told yeah, them about yeah. the graphic novel. And then that you basically held him hostage and made this game. I don't even know if I remember that far back now. <laughs> I just remember like... Does this, does this ring any bells, first of all? <laughs> it, it rings some bells. I mean, it's just, yeah. Unfortunately for me, like I remember more traumatic events than I do good events. But no, I mean, I remember like us talking about like, oh yeah, you know, if you ever get this graphic novel published, you know, sure, I'll make a game based on it. And we all kind of laughed. And then, you know, his graphic novel got published and then i was like huh hmm, i'll have to do something about that i think at the time originally i was using there there was a game uh, called the wildlings from john harper uh -huh. uh, that he had been tinkering with and he eventually kind of like handed off to me at one point when he was going into like blades in the dark and i was like well you know this would work well for doing kind of a scout game because you're playing kids who are out on an adventure and who are used to the wilderness and that makes good sense to use for say scouts who are trying to survive in a you know apocalypse mm -hmm. you know it was essentially like the same kind of system as kids on bikes where it's a polyhedral based system and it was like you know, okay this this kind of works as we were kind of building off of that and then when i was finally allowed the chance to actually turn this into a game it was basically, we want to turn the kids on bike system into a licensed property for something else. And I was like, well, this is very much like this thing that I've been working on. So why don't I just switch it over to that? But yeah, essentially like from 2019 to 2020 was like the whole process of, hey, this is going to be happening. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll work on this. But it was sort of a very rapid process in the grand scheme of things. Okay, you said this is sort of like your first paid gig, but like, how did the gig even come to you? Why would they say, oh, well, this guy's just, he's made some hacks. We think he's going to make this book based on Kids on Bikes, probably one of the most exciting new RPGs out on the market, and it's going to be the first licensed project. How did that all work out? Uh, happy coincidences, really. <laughs> so again, um, so I used to work at a print shop, and I was a regular at the game store that I now work at. And so eventually they were like, you know, we, we understand that you hate your job at the print shop. Why don't you come work for us? We could use your graphic expertise, and we know you like role-playing games. We could use that. It also helped that, like, half the people there were my friends. So um, so I came to work there, and our, uh, my boss, uh, Steve Ellis, eventually became the go-between, again, with uh, Oni Press, the comic book company, and Renegade Games, saying, well, okay, we'll turn Oni Press properties into games through renegade okay and so he did like space battle lunchtime the card game agretzko the card game uh the tea dragon society card game but he was like well you know we they got this new property that they're working on you know with kids on bikes and they kind of want to turn that into you know some other versions based on comic books from oni press and i'm like well hey you know i a 
play this game, B, also uh, know the person who wrote this graphic novel. <laughs> and uh, my boss is like, oh, well, um, I guess, can you try it? And I'm like, sure, let me uh, work out a uh, initial rough draft. And then he's like, seemed to like it. And then it just went from there. That's awesome. You know, it really is a perfect fit. I mean, for the system, it's just a perfect fit. And it totally makes sense even within the sort of cultural reference points that Kids right, on Bikes right. is touching on. I mean, it really fits completely into that. Yeah, the whole young people and weirdness. Yes. Kind of young, yeah. That's perfectly, perfectly said. One of the things I love, of course, is that you took a ton of, ton of Zach's art and put it all over the book. I mean, like, that was great. It just feels like the graphic novel's just from that, I mean, because literally using the same art. But I also think that what's great about it is it really feels like the graphic novels in play. And of course, Kids on Bikes is meant for that. But how did you kind of like approach that, working with the source material and thinking about game mechanics and like putting those things back and forth like in your head and even through playtesting and stuff like that? to make it really feel like you're playing the graphic novels? Because I think you do feel that way when you're playing the game. Really, the Kids on Bike system kind of lended itself well to that since it's already dealing with, you know, you're, you're playing kids who are in over their heads sometimes. Um, and the idea that you're living in a place where you can get from one side of town to the other on your bike. And that kind of lended itself well to the whole idea of like the Junior Braves graphic novels where it's like they coming back home and yeah, you can get from one side of the town to the other pretty easily. Um, there's going to be some places that are maybe a little bit harder to reach, but for the most part, they're on foot. And so it's reasonable to say it's like, okay, small town, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of fit just about right for that. Mechanically though, like, like there was a few things I had to tweak just mm -hmm. from the perspective of like, like say difficulties and challenges right the original was like you have this like big chart it's like you know here's here's all these kind of benchmarks and i'm like well that works for some things with this it kind of i kind of want to have it be a little more where the game master kind of feel like they understand how these difficulties are coming about like you know why it's this hard and just kind of coming up with like you know here's the aspects that are making this difficult and seeing how that translates to numbers. What was the initial response to like the ideas that you were putting out? I mean, obviously people were, they were pretty excited about it. Yeah, no, I mean like uh, on Greg and uh, Mike Tanner's side, like they were very, you know, very excited to see what was going on. Of course, um, yeah. Uh, on the side of the writers of Kids on Bikes, they, you know, they, they kind of like look at it and go like, okay, you know, this is an interesting take and you know, here's some things we would do instead. And so I kind of took that and worked with it. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of happy they took my wording for uh, Lucky Breaks and applied that, you know, to future versions of their games. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was totally tickled when I was watching uh, Dimension 20's uh, Magic and Misfits and hearing Abria Iyengar say like, oh, that's a lucky break. I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> That is like, cool, man. That must be a thrill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, hey. And then there was a lot of talking with, with Greg, particularly about like other aspects of the Junior Braves story and world. See, like, okay, what can I fit in here that would expand this a little bit? And then that in turn, apparently, like, also kind of affecting some of the ideas that they were writing. So that's cool. You know, it, it is interesting because. I think one of the strengths of the game 
to me is like it captures the feel of Junior Braves, but there is enough of a variety. Like I was thinking about the, the Trolls of Bridgetown. Actually, I'm gonna be running this game. What's interesting is like, you know, there aren't trolls in the graphic novel, but reading the way you've kind of put it together, it's like a pathway they could have taken. You know, yeah. it feels like totally right, even though it's not the way that they've continued the story. Yeah, well, I think that was probably the only, like, really original thing I kind of added to the whole thing, where it's like, I was thinking, and this is the reason why I, like, hack games so often, is because I go like, oh, what what kind of other stories can we tell? What, mm -hmm. what if this happens? What if that happens? And so I was like, well, why not let people make their own versions of the apocalypse? So I have all this thing about, like, you know, here's some ideas, here's some different touchstones to can take into consideration. You know, what if it's aliens attacking? What if it's the robot revolution? What if it's, you know, mystic creatures are real and have decided to conquer the world? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the whole designing, designing your own small town based on just some random roles and drawing out a map to make sure that everybody kind of feels like they know where they are. Um, look, I'm not going to keep you for much longer, but I want to ask you just a couple more questions. What is sure, the response? Sure. What's the response to the game been like? Uh, muted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, I mean, again, I didn't really go into it with like any high hopes of like oh, I'm going to be the next RPG superstar. I'm just like, eh, you know, it's out there, cool. Uh -huh. um, I actually used uh, pretty much all of my royalties from Junior Braves uh, to do uh, a a, a, co a contest this year so my store has something called fresh games where people prototype their own games and test them out and you know work on them to make them publishable possibly and so i ran a thing called a the gremlin game design contest where i said like here's these random little bags of just components that i've scavenged from dozens of different board games make something out of it and so they gave them a month and a half they brought in their game designs, and I gave out pretty much my entire royalties plus a little bit more as uh, prizes for them. How cool. Like, you used the money that you got for making a game to help other people make games. This is the end. And that was pieces of my interview with Michael White, a.k.a. Gremlin Legions. And uh, he was awesome, that story. Um, God, what a great story. I loved hearing everything about the game, but that great, great story there at the end. It was actually really lovely to hear about what he did with the money because, I mean, that's really someone who loves community and loves gaming. And that's just something you don't really hear about that often. So kudos to him for doing that. You know, as a journalist that I, you know, sort of have become, uh, you know, writing for the paper and stuff like that, I've thought... This is something that's interesting that I that I experienced. Is it you know? So I got into writing because I was I was an artist in Savannah in town, and that led to the radio show, and then I got into writing for the paper, right? And so like I ended up starting to like connect with all of these artists and realizing how amazing so many of these people were, and. God, it was just, it's just, I found it to be like really inspiring learning that about artists and just like talking to him. And I mean, I guess I felt this way too when we talked to Ben Sperduto and, and, you know, and, and Jeremy Chidry, Childry as well. But I really am feeling, was feeling that like, 
I don't know. It was just, it was very inspiring to me. Like, if you're going to do something that you love and you believe in so strongly that you're going to do that, like, you're just giving your money away, like, just because you think it's something good to do for the world. It's yeah. nice. Like, yeah. people, I don't know. Like, it's inspiring. You know, it's inspiring to see people do that with, like, somebody do that with gaming. I mean, I wouldn't even really think of it as, like, a vehicle for that kind of activism well, right he built the bus and drove it if it's a vehicle he just got in there and drove it well like we've talked with um <laughs> with cat valentine sense. no we didn't so i'm just moving on <laughs> we've spoken, spoken to cat valentine of ghost table games for example and she you know they do this the the charity streams and yeah. try to earn money for various organizations the vfw for example you know we've talked about that before but it's it's neat to see people doing that kind of thing, you know. Um, just a sort of an end note to this to this interview and this sort of topic, um, and we sort of conclude this episode. I just think that it's that it's interesting just uh, when you start kind of going behind the curtains to see what is happening in the game design and development community with people, like who the people are. Yeah. You know, rather than it just being like, well, here's this book, and it's like some thing. Like, then you, like, meet these people, and I don't know, they can just be inspiring as people. It's interesting. Anyway. You're so excited. I love it. You're making me feel weird because I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, should we get out of here? Yeah, yeah. Where are we going to go? Well, I mean, turn off Because we have a kid sleeping. We got to kind of stay around. (sighs) Do you want to go get coffee, though? We could just leave him here. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it's fine. Rabbit's here. He's great at watching He's three and a half years old. I mean, we've already proven. I mean, we just let Odin start being an outdoor cat. I'm sure we could just let God, I'm so frustrated about that. That story. Yeah. We don't... I don't agree with outdoor cats. I don't have a problem with them, but anyway. Go Now have an outdoor cat because our cat, Odin is so focused on escaping whether it's running through a door that the toddler leaves open a door that just is partially open uh finding a hole in our old patio screen which then rob replaced with heavy duty super pet screen and uh very heavy duty staples and our cat dug his way out of them so we have now given up because, you know, I put a tile on his collar and that helped me find him a couple of times. But the collar pops off and he's an outdoor cat now. <laughs> but he keeps coming back. <laughs> At least he keeps coming back. Yeah. So that's he... my story for this week. We now have an outdoor cat. Man, he's going to bring like a mouse inside the house. I guess I don't care about mice. If it's a rat, roof rats are a problem here in savannah so i used to have an outdoor cat you know um buttons buttons and buttons would would bring us stuff but never inside buttons would always she would always leave stuff like on the step the front well, step we found stuff. a lot of lizard bodies in the house yeah but Still those but he tails. could have found those lizards in the house or on the patio well yeah but instead of leaving them on the patio he brought them in for our son to be like what's that <laughs> That's called the cycle of life. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. 
so if you out there teach your children the cycle of life through dead animals that your <laughs> other animals bring into your house, email us at rpgsandbabymix3 <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> but also in all seriousness please you know support this game um like and subscribe this to this video of course and and our our channel here but also support this game oni press is where you can find the graphic novels and there's also links to the games there um really easy to find and these guys do lots of cons and stuff like that so you know I'll, you can you can occasionally find them they're all up in the pacific northwest so most God, likely to find them there. out there. It is. Ah, oh, so gorgeous up there. Yeah. Arr. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. let's get out of here. Yep. All right. Bye. Take care, y'all. Wait a second. Thank bye. You. Are we oh, that it? Is what that is it? that? How we're we end the show? I don't know. <laughs> Do it next definitely time. Definitely not this chaotic usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>